And we're off and Hi, running. It's us. It's, it's the Comedy Couch. It sure is. With Dennis Hensley. And Tony Tripoli. We're very excited. I apologize again for our last podcast being so short, but I just didn't have it in me, folks. It was lickety split, and you had yeah. to leave. Speaking mm-hmm. of splitting, you had to. You had a flight the next day or the next morning? or Something like that. You were. Oh, the was... next morning I was doing the Girls Will Be Girls yes. movie. And then I had stand-up, and then I had to race to the airport to catch my flight. So I, let's start with the Girls Will Be Girls movie. How, it was how very, was it? very nice. My scene was very quick to shoot because it's all green screen. Oh, shit. And that's you all know I what we forgot? Say. Oh! Sorry. It's hello been sitting and welcome. there. Anyway, people were wondering what the F happened. I know. It's all right. awful. Um, and so anyway, so my scene went uh, very, very quickly. And, um, you know, the, I hadn't spoken with the director um, about... You know, like, how did, you know, did you want this big or did you want this small? Did you want this? And, um, you know, basically, whenever I'm paid to be an actor, I just call it Tony Makes a Face. Um, and I basically say the lines pretty close to the way you have them written. And I make a lot of faces. And to me, that's acting. And so I, uh, but I, my plan was to be small. And, Less you know, is more. Yeah, because you're acting with a drag queen. And so right. you want to just really let them ha- be. I was the straight man, as right. it were. And so I was really underplaying everything, and and um, and we did a couple takes, and the director goes, "Oh, by the way, uh, you know you're on camera with a drag queen, so you can go ahead and make that bigger." And that was a good tip. That was a good tip. I'll okay. take that note. I'll take that note, Carney. And so I what was can like, "Can you tell us about the scene? Can you tell it? Is it top?" I secret? can't really say much, but I will say that my character uh, was gay, and okay. I guess. You know, it would have been funny if he were obviously gay because he used to be married to Evie Harris. Right on. And so I was just doing him in my normal gayness. But he was like, you know, you can be way gayer. And I was like, well, what do you want me to be talking like this? And they were like, well, that's a start. Yeah. And so it's always Give nice. The old ch- when, how do they say it on Two and a Half Men when they're trying to you be? You know, do you like know. how you do. Um, <laughs> that's Give what the, the director old... of Two and a Half Men told me once when I wasn't being gay enough. He goes, you know, say this line, you know. Like how you would say it, you know, when you do your, you know how you do, with your, you know how you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> God, hello, glad. Um, so anyway, so I, uh, you know, we did it a couple more times and it was great. And so, and stand up was hilarious and fun. And then I went to the airport and the client had already paid for my parking at LAX and sent me like this barcode voucher that I was supposed to give them. That was like advanced payment. And I was like, you know, this shit never works. And I was like, I had to catch a plane. And the client GoDaddy? Yeah. Client... Okay. The client wow. GoDaddy. Because Joan, you know, made GoDaddy hire me and bring me there for the weekend because right. that was the cl- the big t- sup- top secret Super Bowl commercial that she was in. So, yeah, so it went great. And I got um, upgraded on the flight there because I know a couple of flight attendants on Virgin Atlantic and I'm sleeping with one of them. And, and he was able to make a call. Yeah, he had the uh, the gay flight attendant uh, leave a box of chocolates on my seat, and a wow. little note. I know, and so they were like, he was like, "Take care of Tony." And then, um, then I had the the you know dream New York City weekend with Joan Rivers. So the first day, I uh, saw two plays. I saw La Caja Fall and Billy, Billy Elliot. Elliot, and uh, liked Billy Elliot. So, La Caja Fall. Do you Fall, remember which kid you saw? I mean, I wouldn't know my my kid's name, but I think he was Asian. Yeah, the last name was like Ko. Yeah, or something. I think you saw the same kid. He was tremendous. Tremendous. And his voice is about to change. Right, you could you feel like he's like the menudo. So it's like, on the oh god, he, this, yeah. these are some of his last performances. Yeah, you really I think. feel like it, and and it's like, <laughs> just but like he's that guy so in the audience fantastic. that said, 
Yeah, I, I'm predicting big things for this kid. Like, it's all uphill from here. Did I tell you? I, we talked about that. Oh, yeah, when you were like, the kid's never going to work again? <laughs> well, it was just like, how do you top that? I mean, mm -hmm. what he's asked to do and that production and when it's he's all the about him. 14th gay guy from the left in hello dolly in branson uh just trying gonna... to keep his equity insurance yeah it's not gonna be quite the same it's not experience. gonna be the same but um where's me dressing room you're not even british all right so cut the shit i know but i'm glad you saw that kid because i liked him so yeah so i loved that show there were too many people in it and there's no good songs but other than that i loved it did you cry didn't cry almost cried I then cried. um Lacage sucked, and Kelsey Grammer is great in that role, except for he don't sing, and it's musical. But uh, they've given one of his songs away, which is a not so subtle to way an of telling. <laughs> yeah, is there a it raffle? was like open mic, <laughs> and um, and the guy that plays Jaja is terrific. Um, if you like Dame Edna, which I do, yeah, because he's making her like. British, even though he's Australian, so it's like just make her Australian. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but it's very funny. But here's the problem: it's like a very small scale community theater production. Like the the sets are embarrassing and cheesy and fake, and they've cut the Kajels down from fourteen to six, and they're phenomenal. What these guys do is amazing, but it's sort of like rinky dink. And then they've got, in other words. That they, kid, you need the scale. You need. You, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's well, it's drag. More is more. Do you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Right. They're super talented, but the sets and the costumes are just very ordinary. Yeah. Um, and, and the sets are very small and half-assed and homemade looking. Um, and who's the kid from Camp? With the, the movie Camp. Yeah, he was the Puerto Rican kid with the bad skin. Don't remember. You know who I mean, though. Yeah. Robin did did Jesus or something. Okay, his, right on. Right. He plays. Jacob the maid okay and but so for some reason he's just like Puerto Rican and it's like it's supposed to be sent in the French Riviera in 1970 but the one guy's British and he's Puerto Rican like there's a bunch of different shows happening at the same time and what I don't understand is why don't you set it in New York City in the modern time in modern day yeah or do it in do it in Miami because like the there's no reason then it could be an international cast because it's New York City yeah and make it about today because that's all about the religious right trying to shut them down and all it's timely yeah. like i don't know so the stuff that they changed was stuff that was already great about the show yeah. and the stuff that's weak about the show they didn't change so but my favorite thing about lacage was i was talking to the theater manager at intermission and um he was super super gay and i was like so do you work for the theater or the show or what and he's like i work for this theater and i'm not even gonna lie i was very upset when they told me that lacage fall was coming next and i go why and he goes well I just hate drag. I mean, oh, it's so gay. And he like did this big gesture. So I went, ooh, and like wiped my eyebrow like as if he had spit when he talked. And he goes, oh, did I spit? And I go, uh, no, I think it was glitter, actually. Um, so I just had to call him out on how gay he was. And I hate gay people that act like that drag is somehow an embarrassment, a bad reflection yeah. on them. It's like, a shame you didn't meet that guy earlier. He could have inspired your character in Girls Will Be Girls. <laughs> but, like, I want to talk about gay guys that distance themselves from drag. Like, ugh. Like, don't be an asshole. Yeah, well, like, at Logo at the beginning, there was a whole thing of, like, we don't want drag. We don't want drag. We don't want drag. Like, for years God. and years. And then suddenly their biggest hit, RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. finally fucking cracked and let, let it happen. So then the next day... um. 
I watched the Super Bowl over at Joan's house in yes. her Golden Palace of a home. Were which your was tickets amazing. amazing? The theater tickets. Yes, yeah, she had, and and I they were paid for. Joan had paid for them, which I didn't realize. Sweet. I thought I was picking them up and paying for them. So it was really really nice. Um, and then um, had a really nice time at Joan's house. And the next day, Joan did eight talk shows in 10 hours and we did jokes about her GoDaddy commercial and were the they all TV and, or were some yeah. radio or no, no all, okay, TV. all TV and different jokes for all of them and had so much fun and then all day long because Joan knew that I don't really know New York even though we had this horrible schedule she kept telling the limo driver cut through the park I want to show Tony the zoo or take 57th because I want to show Tony this or you know she was like here's Carnegie Hall and then we drove around to the side and she's like that's the stage door to Carnegie Hall that's the only stage door to Carnegie Hall in the whole world. And there it is. Like, she really was like, she just fucking so loves amazing. New York. And I'm holding her hand in the back of a limo. And uh, so weird. So we go to do Access Hollywood Live, which tapes at 30 Rockefeller Center. And I, I've seen 30 Rock and I've seen the ice rink, but I've never been in the building. And she goes, I can't believe you've never been in here. And so after we do the show, she says to her assistant, how much time do we have before the next show? And Jocelyn says 20 minutes. And she goes, call him and tell him we need 40. And Joan says to me, one of my first jobs after high school was as a tour guide here at 30 Rock. Let's see how much of the tour I remember. And she takes my hand and just the two of us walk around the corner and she's telling me about the artwork and the paintings and it was built in 1930, whatever. And then I'm like, just don't cry, girl. Just don't cry. I hate drag. And so <laughs> then she goes, oh, let's go out this door. And we go out this metal door and we're like at the ice rink underneath the flags. There's the golden statue thing. Now, are people recognizing her a lot? Totally. She's sort of totally. Able and to go her about body her language way. is always like, come here, approach me, take a yeah. picture. And she was really kind of giving everyone kind of like her shoulder yeah. and really making it clear to people that she was doing something with me and not to interrupt. And right. it was so mind blowing and wonderful. And so then, you know, then she took a bunch of pictures and then we left. And it was just the greatest day. And as I was getting in the limo, she's putting me in this limo, sending me back to the airport that night after just going nonstop for 12 hours and she goes, you know, you really did a great job and you know, I really adore you and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, Oh, I need to, um, I need your mom's address. And I go, what are you talking about? She goes, I need to send your mother some jewelry to thank her for having such an amazing son. Oh. Close the limo door. And now it's like the end of the bachelorette and I'm the girl that didn't get picked. And I'm sobbing in the back of this limo and the driver's trying to ask but me you these questions. <laughs> Well, but I was like, Bleh. it was just that yeah, moment in the back very, of the limo, yes. like, Bleh. and I'm trying to talk. And I, it's, I'm always like, why don't those people just shut up? You know, like, why are they trying to explain themselves in this horrible moment? And I was that guy trying to tell this limo driver from India, Joan Rivers is so wonderful. And I'm not even speaking in sentences. And he didn't, he didn't even recognize Joan Rivers. So believe me, the story was lost. So it on wasn't him. a driver that she has all the no, time no, no, no. or works with. It was. And then I got to go get on my plane, and again, I saw the flight crew standing at the gate. So I walked up and said, hi, I'm Tony. And they were all expecting me. Oh, yeah, you're, you know, so-and-so's friend and blah, blah, blah. So the co-pilot had been delayed in another city because of weather. And so it was going to be an, at least an hour. And while everyone else was at this gate, the flight crew says, do you want to just come hang out on the plane with us? And I had the whole plane to myself, and they are pouring me drinks. And we're hanging out and laughing. And then the captain, the pilot, says, hey, do you want to learn how to fly a plane? And I go, what? 
and it's this straight guy, married guy from South Dakota who's just nice, puts me in the co-pilot seat, and uh, for an hour, I'm in the cockpit. He has me program the entire flight into the computer. I do every button, every gear. He shows me everything. They have a little window on the side. You've ever, have you ever seen them where they pass the slip of paper to the ground crew through that little side window? I think. It's like a little triangle window. They can le- open that up to 200 miles an hour. They can have the window open. Because the way the plane is designed, the wind doesn't come in until after 200 miles. It like loops around wow. the aerodynamic. So they can literally just have the window open until they're going 200 and then they have to close the window. Like crazy stuff. What else and did he was so, so nice. Just He taught me that the pilot doesn't do anything. Um, starting at five seconds after takeoff, they hit autopilot and then they don't do anything until it's time to land the plane. Really? And really their job at that point is just staying awake. And he was like, I was like, so you basically take turns sleeping? And he's like, uh, no, no one ever sleeps in the cockpit. But you could tell he was like, and I go, oh, okay, so obviously you can't say. And I was like, can you watch DVDs? And he's like, no, we would never watch a DVD during the flight. We're flying the plane. But obviously they bring their own little DVD players. And say, And I was like, I think you should be able to take turns napping and watch movies because you're way more dangerous trying to stay awake and living in that groggy state where you're about to fall asleep. That's when you'd be useless in the event of emergency. But if you're watching a movie and then some shit goes down, you're already engaged and alert and you'd be whatever. So, but they were very cool. And and so I sat in first class on the way back and ate and watched movies. And I watched that movie, The Switch with Jennifer Aniston and um, Jason Bateman. And I love it. It's not bad. I I thought it it was charming and funny and like for adults. Like it. It, it, I felt like a movie that wanted to be kind of a cool indie comedy, and then they tried to sort of shoehorn in some like mainstream big movie stuff. It, I think Jennifer Aniston has two kinds of movies: uh, normal hair <laughs> movies and pretty hair movies. Yeah, and pretty hair movies are where you feel like her hairdresser just left the frame. Mm-hmm. Action. Yeah, and this was a normal hair movie that they tried to make a pretty hair movie, but I I liked it too. Yeah. I didn't think it was bad. Um. So what was Joan's place like? Was it like what you see in the documentary? It is. It is. She owns the top three floors of this six-story building. And has that been was there built, for a long time, right? Yeah. And it was built in like 1880-something. So, you know, she oversaw the construction. And it was um, – she – you know, you take an elevator. The doorman rides in the elevator with you. So there's no, like, hiring a hooker. Yeah. Um, and – um. Melissa has the fifth floor. That's her New York apartment. And then, no, I'm sorry, the fourth floor. And then the fifth floor, there is a staircase from the kitchen down to the fifth floor that Joan has added. And that's where the staff lives and Joan's office. And then the sixth floor is the residence, you know, Joan's. Very cool. And I walked in and I was like, how are you? And she started talking and I just went, I'm sorry to interrupt but I literally can't hear your voice over all this gold. Like there's so many gold shiny things in this room. And she's like, I know everyone says that. And so she showed me around and it was the ballroom of when it was originally built. So it's got the double high ceilings. It's technically the sixth and seventh floor. And her bedroom was the ladies coat room and the living room was the men's coat room. And it's just fantastic. And it's just lovely. And she has a library and that's where we watched the, the Super Bowl. Um, I, I will say that her television is from 1975, probably, and it's about a 14 inch screen. <laughs> uh, and she didn't even know that she had TiVo because every time we would start talking during the commercial, she goes shh and shush us. 
And then at the end, the other writer picked up the remote and went dink dink. And she goes, "What'd you do?" And he goes, "I went rewind." And she goes, "I didn't know you could do that." So she didn't even know that you could rewind. That she has Live TV. TV. She didn't even know. That's so like typical of people's I know, parents, though. But you know, I love like, that when you when you're. I remember when my parents. My mother never wanted to leave a message on an answering machine. It felt weird to her. Like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, so that's so neat. Yeah. So, um, what was the favorite talk show that you guys went on? Which one did you have the most? Well, she fun did on? Wendy Williams, and yeah. that's you know a super fun show, and she loves Wendy, and Wendy's good. Um, although I didn't get to meet Wendy, which was a bummer. Right. Um, so that was really fun. Um, the guy Steve Sal Salgatini or whatever from Extra. Um, he was really, really nice to both she and I, and he kept, you know, cause when all the ones that weren't live, which is most of them, they'd be like, what did you think of, you know, the dogs playing poker commercial? And she would just look at me and I would give her a joke and then she'd go, okay, ask me again. And then they would, you know, he'd ask her again and she'd answer. And he, this guy was like, wow, you're hilarious. Like to me, like, you know, you're really fast. You've got a bunch of jokes. And we had written a million jokes the night before. And then I was coming up with new ones sort of on the flight because Joan really wanted to have different jokes for every show, which is smart and great. And she's an amazing press machine. And it was what were so they asking fun. her about? Her commercial, obviously, but also her commercial is that really your body? Yes. And okay. did you like the game? Did you watch the game? I'm sure you're a big sports fan. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of the other Super Bowl commercials? What'd you think of Christine Aguilera forgetting the words? Yeah. What'd you think of the halftime show with the black eyed peas? Um, yeah. yeah, those were the it was all the same questions. And right we on. did Access Hollywood Live with the Darth Vader kid. Right. And he went on before Joan and they go, So what do you want to do next? And he goes, I want to go on Oprah. And then Joan comes on and goes, if that little fucker goes on Oprah before me, <laughs> then I'm leaving the business. She's like, 47 in. years I'm in this yeah. business and I can't get on Oprah. She's and that little son of a bitch, Oprah? I don't think she's been on Oprah. That's crazy. So it was hilarious on live television. And, you know, so I it was really, Oprah's really funny. Is, is afraid of her. Yeah, I don't think Oprah likes no, that. No, because, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what so what have you been up to? Well, last night I went and saw with uh, my friends Danny and Glenn and wait, Glenn's friend Jeffrey. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you had a play date that was maybe going to be a date? Yes. So we need to start there. Okay. Um, I went and saw a play with a guy named Kevin. The play was called Daddy. The play was called Daddy, and it was I enjoyed it. I knew one of the actors, and it was at least – it was about a different subject than mm -hmm. we normally see in gay plays. Um, Kevin didn't like it that much. He he, um, was it gay nude, Daddy? No, not at all. But um, explain gay nude. There's no gay nudeness in it. There was <laughs> I very, guess there was no I guess that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, gay nude is um, when when there were all those gay plays coming out in the '90s. Uh, we started this running riff that that there would be a theater company that just did gay nude, the most happy fella. Yeah. Uh, straight off his triumph in Gay Nude, The Sound of Music, <laughs> Byron gave a veiny performance. Oh, boy. As Captain Von Trapp, you know. He was especially low-hangy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, yeah. so it wasn't Gay Nude Daddy. But uh, it was it was good. I don't want to give too much away in case some people see it. People but, um, are going to see it. Go ahead. So what about uh, the date, Kevin? Well, a uh, lot in common. I liked him, and... Uh, we went to Chin Chin afterwards and stayed till one in the morning, just wow. yakety yakety yakin. 
And uh, I heard that, and I was like, "Wow, Chin Chin's open till one in the morning." I know, That's what I so heard. Good. That's literally we, what I heard. They were open till two, actually, and I was mm. like, mm, "It was good." I had dim sum and then some, mm-hmm. and um, then some of Kevin. No, we, I like kissed him goodnight, like peckety peck. Mm-hmm. And but the weird thing is, I drove away, and I was like, "That was really good. I liked him. I want to see him again." But I really liked myself on that date. Oh Jesus! Dennis. No, I don't know what I. I just thought, you know what? I didn't say too much or mm-hmm. i wasn't too self-deprecating i was like i was like yeah i was like a good date that was a good thing and so um i texted him the next day and said thanks that was a lot of fun i'm um, hope to let's let's mm-hmm. do something again soon and he texted me back and he said except for, um he said yeah that was really fun except for that crazy ass play and I said, when I first read that, I thought you wrote crazy ass play. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I, I read that wrong. I thought you were talking about what you did after I dropped you off. Exactly. Uh, which I thought was funny. And uh, I haven't really spoken to him since. So, But the weird thing was, is I kind of, I, I think at this point, I am more likely to get something off the ground romantically with someone I have nothing in common with, who yeah. probably doesn't even live here than with someone who I have a lot in common with. I'm not sure why I believe that, but I do think that's true. For some reason, mm-hmm. this gay ski week thing, I think we spoke about mm-hmm. that, that I may do with mm-hmm. the guy that I went, met once who's from San Francisco and mm-hmm. probably 20-something and whatever, has a better shot than the guy that yeah. likes all the same things I do, that we have a lot in common, that totally. lives in the same city. I'm not sure why I think it's true, but I do. Well, I understand the feeling of I've already dated all those guys. I think so. Or you know, we've or met dated them and, each other. Yeah. Or we know. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Own. I don't know. But I would. Ugh, but here's something As long as he doesn't like drag. Here's something interesting. He, I was looking on his Facebook, and he's clearly very close to his best friend. Mm-hmm. And like they, there's pictures of them together. And I was like, are they a couple? And then not really or whatever. And. I kind of got the feeling of like I know people have dated us before and come here and like there's we have pictures of us like to get like a family photo kind of right picture. and then probably thought well that's weird like I don't like I finally saw what that was like on the other side so a little interesting. bit and uh, but his get best friend is now living with him again and because he had moved out and they had dated in the past right and um the, the, he seems like he's much more of a present like um. He doesn't. He does seem a little bit tied up in that in terms of dating and stuff. He does mm. seem a little like uh, uh, everything has to run through this other guy too. In a way, mm-hmm. in a way that we don't have that in yeah. terms of dating other um, like the people. But um, it was that was an interesting thing. Um, but I liked him, and maybe I'll see him again. But it was like I had a good time, mm-hmm. and um, so that's the the upshot. As I were. had I, um, apart from the crazy ass play. The ass play. Oh, I hate ass play when it's crazy. Um, So I had a date in New York City with this guy who had Facebooked me and was like, I'm such a big fan of Dennis's books. Tell him. Right. Which was weird because I'm like, well, you know, Dennis is on Facebook, too, longer than I. Um, and, but he was super cute and I was like, yeah, well, thanks. You know, I'm a character in the books, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, that yeah. That was his opener? Yeah. It was just to tell you how funny he, he loves screening party. I thought party. that was something that you had chatted about. No, no, no. That was sort of can... like the first thing. And that then we talked. That was the first salvo. And, but we were, you know, whatever. It was a flirtatious thing. And so right we're emailing back and forth and he's like, well, if you ever come to New York, let me know. And I was like, funny, you should say that. Cause I'll be there in two weeks with Joan Rivers. So anyway, so I saw him on the Sunday before the Super Bowl. And again, this is now 
the second or third time this has happened where the guy has seen all my stand-up video clips on my website. He's looked at the thousand photos of me on my on my website or Facebook page. We've, you know, talked on the phone and then I get there, I meet him in Union Square in New York City and instantly the second he sees me, profound disappointment. He was so disappointed in me and we like went and had like a bite to eat and then walked around and walked through like um, flea markets and stuff. But he was clearly like making it so not a date. So like at every juncture and was just super not into me. And it's fascinating how they can, because it's like, I don't show up like, yeah, you don't show up. What's blonde. so, what's so different than yeah. the videos of me gesturing faggy and talking faggy and saying horrible things. Cause PS that's who's, that's who got out of the cab. Like that's who was I took him to New York too, so I don't know. Um, but that was kind of funny in a way that it really isn't funny at all. Um, and then so what else you were saying last night? Oh, so last night, um, me and Danny and Glenn and Glenn's friend Jeffrey went and saw the Oscar-nominated short films mm. at the New Art, and I don't know why I haven't done this before. Because it's fun, and I love short films, and I love mm -hmm. filmmaking. And also, by the time the Oscars happen, we all know who's going to win most of the things. There's no mystery anymore. And I'm like, oh, if you go and see these shorts, then you're engaged. You might have your favorite Maybe. one. Okay. Like, I, I really wish I had been doing this all the time. Okay. Which is not to say that they were that great. Like, I wasn't like, as a filmmaker, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I could never make anything like that. Right. Like, they weren't so powerhouse Right. Uh, but they were interesting. Um, if you're betting in a pool, I think God of Love is the short film I to beat. Hear that. Oh, really? Um, God of Love is the short film to beat. I was playing with the chain, um, but God it was fun. Of love. Yeah, it was. It's mm. you know when you look on the pool yeah, and there's yeah, yeah. five films you've never heard of. God, of I don't love. do. You know, I don't do the pool. Dennis. You know, some people. But you don't people do the that pool? are no. I don't do craft night. You don't I do don't the do the pool. pool. I don't. You know. When you when when was the last time when you, you have the choice picture exactly when you have the choice to sit it out or dance? I know I you hope you hope I dance. I hope you dance, and I don't dance. You don't even like that song. I hope you dance. Well, that's true. That's, I love it. But I, I love that song. Gladys Knight did a version. Oh, for really? a Tyler Perry film Shit. of that song that I did like. I love that song. I think it was the family that prays. All right. I've seen way too many Tyler Perry films. I think it's kind of a fun thing to be into. Yeah. It's um and then today um we went and saw No Strings Attached at the WGA uh Film Society screening which I love and I kind of loved it. Wait, what is that? Why do I know that title? Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. The sex movie. Yes. Wait a minute. And I had a ball. I loved it. I was entertained. The mm. supporting cast is terrific. The lines are funny. Uh huh. The things are funny. It felt kind of felt like something that could happen. And he couldn't have been more appealing. I'd never thought he was a great actor or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I kind of loved it. That's so neat. It's neat. I want to say that it's uh, worth a look. And there are lots of funny like throwaway lines that I liked very much. And um. <laughs> There, his character works as a writer's assistant on a show like Glee, and he wants to be a writer. Okay. And the little show business politics touches that were behind, you know, that yeah. you were in those scenes. There's one scene where there's this, you know, producer who's kind of a high energy producer, but likable, but very like mm -hmm. I'm putting out fires kind of person. And this 
one Asian character and the thing keeps taking pictures of things and being annoying and, and, and she's like, fuck off. She goes, you're very talented, but fuck you. And there's something <laughs> about how she had to sort of kiss his ass a little right. bit. I don't know. It just made everyone laugh. So I liked it. And it's all over LA. It's shot all over LA. So it's kind of like a Valentine's Day LA. Yeah. And they play miniature golf and Brett leaned over and he's like, where is that? We have to go miniature golf. Is that no? Are you I not? like miniature golf. Okay, you do that. And okay. there's one right up here, you know, in the valley. Right on. All right, so miniature golf may happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we saw Tracy. I should together. have really acted like, why would you think I wouldn't miniature golf? I know. Of course I miniature golf, Dennis. <laughs> exactly. That's what I should have what played. What do you think it, I, I am? Didn't. Some kind of stick in the mud? God damn. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I hate everything, but I do like miniature golf. And um, we saw Traces. God, you that saw show for the so second ma- time. It's a magical, amazing evening. And it's le- it left L.A., I think, or it's about to, but uh, mm-hmm. it's touring around. But um, it's a Cirque-like kind of show, but it's much less glittery. It's very gritty and, you know, guys in casual right. clothes. I and- described it as Cirque without the clowns and makeup. Yeah. But all of the physical ability. And, and the music's kind of like rock and roll, like, and it's loud. But, God, it's not annoying. No, and there are sweet, small moments, too. But yeah. What really is neat about it is the individual. Foreskin. The foreskin is great, and the ass play is crazy. The crazy is crazy. Gay nude traces. God, I wish they did gay nude traces. Um, and uh, but the guys and the girl that's in it, they're all their individual personalities yes. kind of come out, and yes, it makes you think that oh, they built this show for these people, and right. they all came up with it together. There's not even a parent company or anything. They just got together and did it. When it, I was reading about it, of course, yeah. and it's like this. Uh, Seven Fingers Cirque Company, and they right. toured this show all over the world, and there were three others, and there's Traces playing right now in Berlin or whatever. Right. Um, but it does, does make you feel like it was just created out of these people. And I, I hate the title. It. I hate the way they're selling it, and I love every second of the show from beginning yeah. to end. And you have a few notes. <laughs> I... No, but the title is weird because I think – you know, seven finger, whatever the name of the company is, that's mm-hmm. what you're trying to sell. But because it's new, it, I, yeah, it doesn't really lend itself to. Yeah. Oh, I want to see it. Um, so so amazing. Uh, we had the Village Variety Pack on Monday night. Our the show now Penelope did that, didn't she? Yes, she did. God, she was very she's funny. So funny. But I felt bad because the show was over booked. Uh, and then some people went long, and so it was a very stressful night, and we were in the bigger theater. I was not having a good time, and the show ran uh-huh. long, and I was, like, having a, a conniption. And uh, so, But Penelope did great, and I hope she had a good time. And we'll, uh, definitely, She had some funny slides that went with her thing, and <laughs> she was talking about how everyone always gives her cat shit. Like, yeah. Um, and I met the guy that she's... Uh, Eric, yes. yeah. And... Um, but that was Monday, and it was a, it was like, ugh, I, it was, I had nightmares about it later, just because angsty, yeah, running long. But it ended up being fine. But there was a guy that sang in it who goes to my spinning class named AJ, and he's really cute, really cute. And um, when he went up to sing, he made some kind of throwaway comment about how he's single. And by the way, I'm single, like, right, because it's Valentine's Day mm-hmm. or whatever. And he's like, and I'm single, and he kind of put it out there like that, and I was like, hmm intrigued so i think brett's gonna have um single orphan night on valentine's day and we're gonna watch movies and eat lasagna or whatever okay no crafts i don't think and so i i invited this guy on facebook to come to this Mm -hmm. thing and so far i've heard nothing so 
It may be. But you know what? And, and somebody was saying, well, did you say, did you invite him to go with you or to be part of the thing? Because you don't, and I'm like, look, he knows right now if he's remotely interested in kissing me. Me picking the right words in right. that email is going to change a motherfucking thing. You know? And you don't want him to go thinking it's not a date and have you thinking it is a date. Like, you don't want, you know what I mean? No. You don't want him to hear like, it as, I have a bunch of really cute friends that you might like. Yeah. Like, you don't want him to hear that. No. So, I'm just, good. It's a singles part. It's a single thing. And we're Valentine's, you know, whatever. And there could be some crazy ass play afterwards. I know, if we're lucky. But, um, yeah, he's really cute, and I wouldn't have probably put anything to, toward that if he hadn't said that thing Speaking at the Speaking of pack. crazy ass play. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And when aren't we? <laughs> um, I'm naming this one speaking of crazy ass play. <laughs> uh, Press Hilton <laughs> did this post on his thing because Eminem in an Eminem song says something about, I'm going to stick it in your ass like Perez Hilton Oh he, my God! He puts what everything else. He puts everything else in his ass. So why not my foot too, or something like that? Is like yeah. it's the lyric, and Perez was like, "Just for the record, Eminem, I don't like anything up my ass. Not every gay guy does that, and I'm like, I'm not a bottom, <laughs> and but I will occasionally let someone put their tongue in there." <laughs> Did he have a sense of humor about no! it, or was he being none? Oh. And I just, why do I, why is that bothering me so much? Because Perez Hilton built his whole brand on being immature. And now he's being like, oh, God. you know, and now he's being sort of, oh, you went too far or well, you got it wrong or. And I've heard that as I'm not really as gay as you think I am because I don't take it in the ass. So yeah. I'm really. Just like you, it's Eminem. That, We're just two dudes. I'm not. I just pretend to be gayer than I am. That's how I was hearing it all. Well, th- even and among it's the like gay people, people that are bottoms or whatever yes. are thought of as less masculine, which or just whatever. makes me so nuts. You know. So there are those sort of, um, yeah, associations with that. But has I haven't visited his site. Has he toned down the bullying and so forth, or do we? Care I mean, or, yeah, but it's still the same. I don't know. Yeah. I, there's this girl. If I, if Eminem included me in a lyric, if he even if it it's says great, that, it's yeah. the neatest thing to be able to say. Of course, yes. Um, but so the yeah, this girl. There's this female trainer at the gym that I work at with my trainer, and uh, she is like, "You're my number one gay guy that I'm trying to fix up," and I'm like, "Great, awesome, thank you." So she's gonna be on this show uh, that starts this week called Shedding for the Wedding. I saw that on I saw it's an a, ad for it in yeah. Entertainment Weekly. It's on the CW, I think, yeah. but um it's the people that do the biggest loser and basically it's biggest loser, but the bride and the groom are both trying to lose weight before their wedding and the more they lose, the more free stuff they get for the wedding. Anyway, so she's the trainer on it and then the guy that is like the handsome gay wedding planner has been at our gym a couple of times and I thought he was attractive and he liked me or whatever and so she was like you guys should go out so we exchanged numbers and when I called him, he was like, I'm actually leaving for Hawaii tomorrow for a couple of days. Can I call you when I get back? And I was like, absolutely. Okay, well, that was November. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's back. <laughs> so she says to me last night, hey, whatever happened with my friend? And I was like, he fucked it up. He dropped the ball. He said, let me call you when I get back from Hawaii. And he never did. And 
P.S. I bet whenever you're with him, he talks about how he can't meet a nice guy in L.A., doesn't he? And she goes, yes. And I go, yeah. As soon as a gay guy starts complaining to you that he can't meet a nice guy in L.A., it's because he doesn't act like a nice guy. Because nice guys call people when they say they're going to call. And I'm not going to track him down. And I don't want to hear, like, the bottom line is if he was that excited about me, he'd have remembered to fucking call me four days later when he got yeah. back from Hawaii. Like, don't, I don't want to hear it. There's you no excuse. You might want to come to a Valentine's Day orphans party. God damn it, Dennis. <laughs> and Crazy so, ass play. Oh, well, in that case. And I know, so, it's so frustrating. So, yeah, so I'm just sick of doing 99% of the fucking legwork, right? Yeah, I and get so, it. So she's like, yeah, screw him. And I go, but, you know, whatever. Your show will premiere and the number won't be as big as he thought. And then I'm sure he'll remember to call me. And she laughed, and then I realized I was insulting her as well. Yeah. So that was good. But she goes, um, what about Perez? And I go, what? <laughs> and she goes, this conversation's over. Would you want me to, like, fix you up with him? And it's literally like, this. that's the second time now. Juliana Rancic was like, I have this friend that would be perfect for you. And then she sends me his Facebook link, and he's, like, old and completely dyes his hair jet black and has lady brows. And I look at the picture and I go, is that what you think of me, Juliana? And then now this girl goes, what about Perez? And I'm like, is that what you think of me? Like that's – people are trying to do nice things for me and I'm insulted by it. That's, that's right. I guess, the moral of the story. That's right. But you know what? When you have the chance to sit it out or dance, I'm going to just Take fucking – I'm going to bitch that you invited me to dance. I'm going <laughs> to resent you for asking me to dance with you. At that's least you're apparently. up to speed on it. Um, I was thinking recently about dating um, when I was in London and I caught up with my old friend Philip, who had the one I, yes. you know, when we told you that whole story. He was talking about his new Brazilian boyfriend who he'd been with for like a year or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and he's so great. And he's really helped me turn things around and been so great for me. And he goes, and I just love his family. And they're so great. And we went to visit them in Brazil. And, and yeah. when I think about dating, like, I love the idea of maybe meeting somebody, falling in love or whatever, mm -hmm. but the idea that they would have cool people that are connected with them, <laughs> that you would go to the house and... Right. Like, that seems like dreaming That's for too the much stars. to even... Yeah, Like, totally. I've never even fantasized about how neat that would be. Right. They're, like, they have a fam, a cool family, yeah. too? He, he, st he still returns your calls a month later. Yeah. Let's not even talk about his. I don't even fucking want to talk about And he has a cool family Nana. that maybe lives in Brazil. Yeah. And they're, and they're so wonderful. His family's mm -hmm. so wonderful. Sometimes his mom just calls. And maybe they have a house by the Hello, water. Hello, Denise. I'm making you some of this Brazilian stuff. I'm you like it so you, good. Yeah, you like, like so much I send oh for my, you. Could you imagine? Well, I've had that if we change it to, you know, Tagalog. Yes. I've had that a couple times. Because let me tell you something. Filipino moms love Mr. Tripoli. Right? Good. Um... But yeah, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's too like much I've to... never even entertained totally. that part of the fantasy, but mm -hmm. it would be a neat part, right? Yeah. Anyways, oh, yeah. there's that. Um, so I got a check today from FilmBaby.com, who are selling the Dennis yes, Hensley five pack. I'm All still, eight of them. <laughs> I haven't broken even yet, but it's well, encouraging. Dennis. I sold. No, it's yeah. like encouraging. Of course. Uh, um, I. You know, so you if you want to get your copy, go to filmbaby.com. I just sent them more because we'd sold out because Couch Potatoes had uh, yeah. ordered some, and Michelle I hope you enjoy them. It's five comic short films, and I got my first check, and that feels goddamn right, really good. Um, so, oh, I've got to talk to you about. I have you heard anything about this Paul Haggis article in the New Yorker? Well, about you were starting to telling me before traces, but yes, it's, it's I'm a mind have to blower. Read it. First of all, it's twenty five thousand words, which is like. 
a novel, almost, yeah. like a, a you know a novelette, and it's all about Paul Haggis is director of Crash and um, uh, the writer of Million Dollar Baby, and he's been in Scientology for like thirty something years and left recently, and it he's finally like telling right. his story and. This article goes off on all these crazy tangents and investigations. And, and do you get the feeling that it's like he's got an axe to grind with them, though? I think so, a little bit. Yeah, I think he, you know, I think there's moments where he's less guarded and, and yeah. other moments. And it doesn't just focus on him. It goes off on all of these different directions. But, wow, the takeaway is a very sinister feeling. It's a very... Like, there's a lot of allegations of violence. Sure. You know, like people being beat up. And they talk about this, um, I think it's called the Sea Org, which is sort of working for the church. Young people would do it. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't get paid hardly anything, and you have mm -hmm. to do all of this stuff. And it's like when you sign a contract, you sign a billion-year contract as, like, a minor. And your parents let you do it. Wow. To work, you know, and – and they don't have any money. And if, if you leave and you were raised in it, you have nothing. You have nowhere to go. You don't. Your family's probably tied up in it. Right. You have no skills. You, like it's just now. When you read this stuff, does it make you reflect on being raised Mormon, or do you not compare it at all? In some ways, but but um, like the doctrine seemed less. I don't mean to infer that the no, Mormons no, no, no. are the same. I'm it just may meaning be a, a different, there is a different... level of intensity in the idea that you never existed now to the Mormon well, church because you've come out as gay. Do you know what I mean? Like they erased yeah, your existence. That, that's a little more But hard not line. to the people. Like I right. don't think – I think the Scientologists from this article, like a bunch of them showed up at his house and tried to get him to, to, to turn around. Like I don't think Mormons would do that. I don't think Mormons – the people that I knew wouldn't like, you know, turn away at the grocery store or whatever. Right. There's a sci-fi thriller element of this whole world that is not Mormon. You know, it's right. very L. Ron Hubbard and mm -hmm. you know people showing up and, and. He seems like such a neat guy. Yeah, but it's <laughs> a fascinating read. And um, Ann Archer, Scientologist, didn't know it. Her son is like one of the. Main... That's why her career is on fire. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's a juicy read. I'll tell you that much. So. Let me see what else I wrote down on this post-it. Oh, did you see 33 Variations yet with Jane Fonda? Nope. Oh, you are seeing it, though. I don't think that's part of my subscription. Um, I saw it in New York, and I liked it. Um, I got to sit in the front row, and it was mm -hmm. like, there she is. And I was kind of obsessed with her at the time. I'm sure I spoke about yeah, it Yeah, you were reading podcast. the book. And yes. She did the, the gay hat. She did the gay hat. Yeah. And um, good memory. And uh, she, they're doing a, a retrospective of her movies at LACMA. And I'm going to go see, I think, Barefoot in the Park in 9 to 5 on Friday, maybe. Yeah, I've never seen Barefoot in the Park. Um, so there's that. We have two quick emails yes. that I want to read. One um, is from David, uh, who's in um, Seattle. Okay. And he sent this link to this article that someone wrote on the Huffington Post. Uh, finally, someone calls out Christina Aguilera's god-awful caterwauling. The way way too many singers think that that shows their talent, but they're grossly mis mistaken. And it's this really sort of short little funny article. Just the, the upshot is uh, Christina Aguilera and the hideous cult of oversouling. The horrific part of Aguilera's national anthem rendition was not her mangling of the words, but of the tune. Singers like Aguilera don't know when to stop, as if running through the entire scale on every word is somehow a token of sincerity. And I do think that's kind of a phenomenon right yes. now 
the like the over singing and i think that it's funny that everyone was so up in arms about her performance which it, it's sort of like ricky gervais hosting the golden globes it's like well he just does what he always does and she sort of just did what she always did i mean yeah. she forgot some lyrics but she yeah. at least sang live you know right. what i mean which i hate to defend her but that poor know. girl can't catch a break though she must have the worst fucking karma but maybe she's a, been an asshole for two yeah. decades maybe yeah. there was a great article in the la times by i think it was ann powers who's my favorite music critic talking about how the era of over singing is sort of on its way out because oh, when you look sure. at people like Katy perry yeah like not an amazing powerhouse voice but right. catchy songs and yeah like even like kesha like a lot of the mm -hmm. pop Daga. girls yeah are not over singing whalers whitney mariah christina that's sort right. of on the way out um which i thought was an interesting observation what's the title of this next email back tits yes it is this is from karen and she says yes we have been using back tits for a while it's an extension of backledge or backlage which is of course back cleavage okay. oh so it must be backledge yeah yeah which is of course back cleavage um but we still describe but i still prefer the earlier description fat wings <laughs> P.S. I was fortunate enough to attend a wedding in Minnesota. Fantastic bride and groom, salt of the earth people, but back tits as far as the eye could see. <laughs> that is a nice, short, funny fucking email, Karen. I love is you. Is it Karen, Karen? It's Karen. Starts with an E. Her last name, Karen Oh, it's e. not your friend, Karen. No. because oh, you have a friend named Karen. I don't want to say people's last I names in love... case they're in no, some kind of No, but it's not your a, friend, Karen. You back know, legal as far as the eye can so, see. Yeah, I love oh. that turn of phrase. Back tits as far if as the We weren't eye already see. calling this... Um, podcast about ass play we would yeah. go with back tits so um, there you go i think we've i've covered my post it we have the grammy awards tomorrow yes. and we will be spending the day with miss joan rivers and then writing hilarious jokes and then not sleeping sunday night and then um monday morning taping the special you know what i did last time the all-nighter uh-huh because you come home and freshen up and take a shower i come stuff. home and take a shower yes and change clothes and just pretend i've slept yeah i may do that this time but last time because I was there a little longer, and I just didn't want to get in the car. I went to IHOP across the street. Are they 24 hours? Yes. Ah, but here's the know. thing. <laughs> they give you the menu, and then they show up with a handwritten sheet, as long as my arm, of all the stuff they're out of. Like, it was wow, insane. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, they were almost out of international. Yeah. <laughs> we're out of international and pan. It was like right. Wheel of Fortune. Um, can I have an A? No. Like they, <laughs> they didn't no. have anything. We ran out around midnight. <laughs> but it was kind of a cool thing to go. You're in a fucking IHOP and... at three in the morning yes. on Monday. And um Nadia and Glenn and I are um riding away on our um short film yeah. if we took a holiday. Oh, we didn't talk about the bowling party. Tell um, us about it. Was it was fun. It was fun. Not as big a turnout because it was on the Super Bowl. I goofed on that. Yeah. But we did have fun. And one of my friends told me that um, he it's his favorite party of the year because he loves bowling and he loves pizza and he always hooks up there. He always meets somebody that he fucks later. And it bothered me. Yeah, and I does. think I'm just jealous. Who was the friend? I don't want to say because well, they might the listen. What's the first name? Uh, 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 S. <laughs> S. His first name is S. God, Dennis, and you and I feel so I, you know what this. I realized why it bugs me because when I first met him I had a crush on him and he kind of flirted with me and we were gonna go to coffee together and right. we were at coffee at Aroma and I'm like ah oh, this guy's cool I like this 
And he's like, yeah, and da 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 da, and my boyfriend, ba 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 ba, and I'm like, but da, but but what? Yeah. Like what? Back it up, s. Yeah, back it up, back ass. that s up. So, so, but I'm glad he fucking hooks up every year at my fucking bowling party, and I'm calling Pizza Hut, and I'm <laughs> pouring M and M's and schlepping bowls around from NoHo, and mm-hmm. writing, you know, whatever. Glad it's working out for you, s. <laughs> no, it's all it's all right. So, but it was a fun party. But we're going to probably have another one at a better time soon. Yeah, that'll so be there's awesome. that. All right. So that's the comedy couch this week. I hope that's. Thank uh, you for listening. Yeah, we sure love that you were. <gasps> oh, have... Tony. Look what I have for you. Look what I have. A oh gift for you God, live on the air. Vanity... It's okay, from VanityMark.com. From Vanity Mark. First of all, it's like a little pencil bag. Yes. So I'm so excited about that because I'm always looking for a pen. Joan Rivers is always. Bar- let me tell you something about that Jew. She's a pen thief. Is she a pen thief? And so she's always like, Tony, do you have a pen? And now I will in my Vanity Mark yeah. uh, pen bag, my Brett Friedman. There's three Dr. Kisses, and I'm happy to report. What does the note say? That all three, yes, all three of them are original. I can tell just by looking. You can tell just by looking? Just by popping the cap off. Yeah. Can I read this on the air? It says, looky what I found, three original Dr. Kiss. The next batch comes in next week. This should hold you over. Love, Brett. Brett Friedman, I love you. You're a Isn't goddamn national treasure. He is a national treasure. And uh, we, I'm... We were having lunch yesterday and talking about maybe going to Vegas for that Presidents Day thing. I don't know. I'm going to be in Phoenix. Oh, right on. The 19th and 20th um, because it's... My mom's birthday was this Wednesday. She turned 60. My uncle turned 65 on Monday, Valentine's Day. Oh, you forgot to talk about the... Yeah. My niece, her birthday is the 20th. She turns 6 on the 22nd. Right on. And then my sister turns uh, 37 on the 27th. So February is like my birthday month. So I have to go home that weekend for Matea's, you know, whatever birthday right party on. they're doing this year. Last year we had a bounce house with Dora the Explorer, but she looked like Snooky. And because <laughs> my sister rented it from this little Mexican place. So it was fucking awesome. But um, so I don't think I can go, but tell people about the thing at the wind. I might go. Oh, if you're anywhere yeah. near Vegas on. Um, it's going to be a really fun time. On Sunday night, the 20th, the night before President's Day, they're having, the wind is having their first ever gay dance party. It's called All the President's Men. It's held in this really cool, intimate club called Blush. With these lights on the ceiling that dance to the music, it's really neat. And so, if you happen to be in Vegas, that would be a great uh, little gay ad- addition to a great weekend. You can see shows, and so yeah. I might even go back to it. I don't know. Um, um, I want to tell this one last quick story. Yes, my uh, I was we were getting ready to tape the show Thursday morning, and that was my mom's birthday, not Wednesday. Thursday morning, and it's eight o'clock in the morning, and Joan is gonna do her final last touch-ups before I take her to the set. And I say, while you're doing that, I'm going to step out of your dressing room and call my mom. And she goes, why are you calling your mom so early? And I said, well, today's her 60th birthday. And Joan goes, give me the phone. So I dial mom's number and Joan's holding my phone and I hear my mom answer. It's eight o'clock in the morning in Phoenix. We wake my mom up and she sees that it's me calling. And my mom goes, hi, honey. And Joan goes, it's not honey. It's Joan Rivers. And my mother goes, oh, my. And they talked for like five or six minutes, and it was so nice. And she made my mom feel so special. And what a thrill. Yeah. I mean, I would be thrilled if I so answered the phone neat. first thing on my birthday, and it was Joan, and yeah. I know her. Yeah. 
Um, so my mom was very, very excited. And so then I got on the phone and that's when my mom started like fighting back tears was once Joan was, you know, gone and she was like, Oh, that's so nice. And I'm so proud of you, honey. And blah, blah, blah. And it was really, really nice. And Joan said nice things about me to my mommy. And that's a nice thing. That's so neat. That's yeah. so neat. I love it. So, you know, that's almost someday, as good as having a boyfriend. I was going to say someday I'll have a boyfriend and <laughs> she'll call my boyfriend's mother on her birthday, long yes. distance in the Philippines. Um, <laughs> and she'll say, Mabuhai. Uh, and then I will get a big plate of lumpia. Yeah, I just love playing Scrabble with my boyfriend's family. <laughs> we just Sometimes play. he's not even there. He's not even Sometimes there. Sometimes I just, just go over and hang out like, with them. The, just the smell of whatever they're cooking. I call him uh, Ma and Pop. <laughs> I call him Pop. <laughs> He's my father-in-law. We can't get married legally. Oh, my God. My and his sister is so smart. I could just listen to her talk all day long. We're going to go on the Amazing Race together. <laughs> Me and my boyfriend's sister. Uh, we just, oh, my God. We just, you know. She's really been going through a hard time. She calls oh, me sometimes you know, in the middle of the You wouldn't night. believe, you know, at Christmas time they were doing the family pair. So cute. They brought somebody in and they Normally you pick one name, it. but yeah. this year they all got me presents. Wow, it was insane. They say I'm really easy to buy for. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's so crazy. I don't know. And they sweet. all watch Fash Place every week and they God, email. They, they, they always go, that was your line. <laughs> that was you. I could totally tell. That was 100% Tony. Oh, my God. And his little sister is in college and wants to be a journalist. She so took me to show and tell. Yeah, she took me to say, oh, my, my boyfriend's, my uh, older brother's <laughs> boyfriend is a television writer, show and tell. And they were so into it. It, was, know, it made me feel so really, yeah, yeah, wow. But she's great. so smart. She's going to be so great, in love. What a great kid. Oh, yeah, I'm so what happy. What a great family. My life is great. <laughs> <laughs> I have everything I ever dreamed of. God. Oh, my God. And then I found out, I didn't even know this. We've been together two years. I find out that they mm. have a, ca a ski cabin. Like yeah. they have a cabin. They never use and it. They never. We can. No. We're gonna go. They just said, "Oh, Tony, why you don't just keep the keys?" They said, "Why do you? Why are you going to the ski cabin?" I can't believe you likes to ski. We here's keys for you. Me cabin is Sue cabin. We make copy of keys for you. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> uh, my boyfriend. What yeah. can I say? Yeah, it's so weird. I've never given any thought to the idea that mm. this could be part of the package. Almost, but clearly, like, I can. It's as if he was imaginary. <laughs> It's so good. It's a so laundry perfect. list of what that would be like. All right. Well, now that we're all bummed out, that was the comedy <laughs> couch with Dennis Hensley and Tony Tripoli. Please go to vanitymark.com. V-A-N-I-T-Y-M-A-R-K.com and click on the Dr. Kiss, bitches. You are going to thank me. I have so many people that are in love with the Dr. That's Kiss. That's true. And it's good, good yeah. stuff. Brett's going to come and do a, br a brow day at Fashion Police. Do everyone's brows. Nah, I know, it's exciting. Um, and uh, the Dennis Hensley Five Pack uh, yes, DVD it, is available guys. on filmbaby.com. And uh, they just got a new shipment. So I know. Place fresh. your order now. Exactly. All right, that's it. We love you for listening. We'll Thanks. talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.